Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Listen in as we journey to some of Italy's most beautiful places in the company of those who know them best, the families who grow grapes and make fabulous wines. Through their stories, we will learn not just about their wines, but also about their ways of life, the local and regional foods and specialities that pair naturally with their wines, and the most beautiful places to visit. We have a wonderful journey of discovery ahead of us, and I hope you will join me. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Today it is my great pleasure to travel to the Veneto, to San Floriano, just to the north of Verona, in the beautiful wine hills of the Valpolicella Classica, to meet my guest this morning, Davide Manara of the Manara Winery. Thanks so much for joining me, Davide. I know it's an incredibly busy time. How are you? Oh, thank you. And uh, yes, I'm fine. Busy period for us because we are in the middle of the harvest, but everything's great. Okay, good. A busy time. I guess you're not sleeping too much in these days. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. How much more of the harvest do you have to complete before you finish? We still have uh, other two weeks uh, of the picking and then of course all the rest uh, that we have to do in the cellar. It's been a challenging year that's been a, a lot of heat, a lot of rain at times. Yes, I mean it was not so easy this year because we we had a lot of rain and uh, fortunately in the last month especially in August we we got a really nice weather and the sun it was a little bit uh, easy for us to um, to control and check everything. So, of course, it was not easy because uh, this year we, I saw not only my vineyards, but uh, also in the rest of the vineyards close to, to mine, that uh, we got some problem concerning the name now. It's difficult to remember in English, but powdery mildew and downy mildew. Okay. But I mean, in this period, especially in the, in the last two weeks during the selection of the best grape, I saw uh, great uh, grapes, good quality. So it means that we did a good job during the, the summer. That's good to know. I'm, I'm very glad to hear that. Now, you're right in the middle of the Valpolicella Classica. Can you describe for our listeners, to give them a picture of this historic wine land? Uh, it's very, very beautiful, and it's a very unique territory. Just give our listeners a description of where you are. Yes, so I mean, we are in uh, Valpolicella Classica, the historical one, and um, there are five uh, municipalities uh, Sant'Ambrogio di Valpolicella, Fumane, Marano, Negrar, and San Pietro in Cariano. Most of our actors, they are on the top of the hill. In fact, uh, the hilly area is the most important part of our winery because, I mean, we are lucky to have the vineyards on the top of the hill. But Puricella Classica is very nice because, I mean, there are three valleys, Fumane, Marano and uh, Negrat. And uh, on the valley floor, there is uh, San Pietro in Cariano, 
and uh, Sant'Ambrogio della Valpricella. So with our hectares, we touch three municipalities, uh, San Pietro and Cariano, of course, and also Negrara and Marano. Well, that's actually a very nice description for our listeners to imagine these valleys running down from the higher mountains and creating this ripple of hills that are now covered in vines uh, for the production of these great wines. Your family story of the Manara estate, is, the company is now in the third generation. Tell us a little bit about how the winery started and something about the family story. So I'm actually the fourth generation. Okay. And uh, we are in six cousins. Yes, the Manara winery started in San Floriano in the 1950. My great-grandfather, Lorenzo Manara, and then my grandfather Guido Manara. And now the, there are the three brothers, Giovanni, Lorenzo, and Fabio. Giovanni is my father. And each brother, they have one daughter and one son. So we are in six cousins, and we are the fourth generation. How many cousins are working in the business? At the moment, only me and uh, Riccardo. So we are in two, because, for example, my sister and uh, another cousins, they are working outside. And then the, the other two, they are still studying. So we will see in the future what's happened. Okay. So um, you produce a large range of wines, um, including white wine, sparkling wine, as well, of course, as Valpolicella, Valpolicella Superiore, Valpolicella Ripasso, and Amarone in Ricciotto. And the winery has won a lot of important awards. So congratulations for that. But let's concentrate for our listeners on your range of Valpolicella wines, starting with your straight Valpolicella. What are the main characteristics at Manara that you're looking to express in your Valpolicella? Yes, I think Valpolicella is an important wine. So we call daily wine because it's the the first wine that we start to sell after the harvest. So it's uh, easy wine, not too much uh, full body wine, and acidity, fruity flavor, and uh, spicy flavor, also a little bit. And uh, Valpuricella Classico, in my opinion, is very important because uh, let the possibility to the customer to understand the territory. I, I like to say that Valpuricella Classico is a business card of uh, each winery. Because uh, from the Valpuricella Classico, you can understand the style, the philosophy, and the culture of the winery that they have to make wine. And also, you can understand the, the Valpuricella land, the soil, the weather, the climate. Okay, so it's an expression of, of not only where you are, but who you are. Yeah, in my opinion, yeah. Just tell us a little bit about viticulture, how you work in the vineyard, and what the main varieties are for your Valpolicella wines. So, of course, uh, the most important grapes uh, for us to make Valpolicella are Corvina and Corvinone. And then uh, we need uh, Rondinella, that's its most important. And then we have a lot of other native varieties from uh, our land. Uh, for example, we use uh, Molinara. Then we we have also Zeleta, Tindarella. Oh, we have a little bit of Crotina. And then we have other varieties. But the most important grapes are Corvina, Corvinone, and uh, Rondinella, of course. Do you think that those less well-known native varieties add uh, more complexity in using them rather than just Corvina and Corvinone and Rondinella? If you use other varieties, you can um, give a nice touch to your wine because each uh, grapes uh, can give to the to the wine. Uh, for example, Molinara can give to the wine more freshness and uh, flavor. 
And if you use Rosaletta, you can give to the wine a little bit more structure, more tannins, color, of course, different flavor. In my opinion, it's uh, very important because we are lucky because we can use a blend in our disciplinary. And uh, if you use also this small quantity of different grapes, uh, you can give uh, some nice uh, touch to the, to your wine. So if you would like to make uh, a small difference in between, for example, we make two different kinds of Amarone and uh, in 10% of the blend, we use different grapes uh, to give two different ties to the wine. Okay, let's move straight on then to Amarone, to this great wine of Valpolicella, not made with fresh grapes. Can you tell us a little bit about a passimento and the process of drying the grapes? Yeah, so a passimento, the drying process is uh, really so it's hard work because we have to, to choose the best grape, the high quality grapes that we can see in our vineyard during the picking. And we check uh, only with our eyes and uh, with our hand, of course. So we have to, to choose the best one. It's hard work, but it's worth it because uh, then we make, uh, we could make a really nice, important wine. The passimento, it's an incredible process that we have to do to our grapes because you can uh, understand why Amarone is so important. Especially to our customer, I say the best moment to visit a winery in Valpolicella is during the harvest because you can see how we make Amarone, how we do the selection, and then you can see the place where we store all the, the grapes to dry. It's my favorite time also because I like to, to go to the room the fruttaio to check the grapes during the passimento because I can smell the, the flavor. So it's really nice flavor. It's a kind of uh, parfum. And um, a passimento is an important uh, technique, of course, because in the past they were used to, to get an important wine. Because in the past the, the weather was different. The way to, to obtain, to get an important wine, they started to try the grapes, a uh, way to increase the maturation. To, to get more sugar residual into the, the berries. And now we, we use, of course, to make uh, Amarone. This process is very important. Just for our listeners to get a, a visual of this, we're talking about taking, hand-selecting the grapes. Is that before the main harvest that you do the selection? Mm -hmm. Yes, because our harvest uh, is divided into two phases. The first part uh, is the selection. So we have to, to go and uh, we check the, the best grape. And when we say, okay, this grape is good for the apacimento, to start the apacimento, we, we cut off the bunch. And then we, okay. so we use wooden crates. We, we don't have plastic crates, so we use wooden okay. crates. And uh, we lay down the, the bunches um, in these wooden crates. Very carefully. Yeah, very carefully, because you have to pay attention with, to avoid any kind of uh, broken problem of the berries. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, also the transportation of these wooden crates is very important uh, and you have to pay attention. And uh, when the, the wooden crates uh, are in our winery, we set up in a special room that we call Fruttaio. And then finally, we start uh, with this uh, passimento process that usually takes 100 or 120 days. Then depends on the, the harvest, of course, of the maturation of the grapes. The grapes are laid out uh, in layers, then uh, stacked up in different levels for these, this drying. It's an extraordinary sight. And as you say, an extraordinary aroma as the grapes gradually and very, very slowly lose moisture 
and uh, as you say, concentrate the sugars to reach semi-raisin state. And also because the grapes make, uh, okay, lose uh, flavor, but also make new flavor. And also you can uh, increase a little bit then the color, the tannins, of course, of the, the wine. And then uh, you make uh, in this period the typical flavor of the Amarona, the Passimento flavor that then you can uh, feel when you smell the glasses of Amarone, you can feed it this flavor. Yes, I, I, I understand what you mean, that, that um, richness that's coming through the drying of the grapes. So the, the dried grapes are pressed and the fermentation for Amarone continues. This is after that 100 or so days of aging and the fermentation then it continues for the production of Amarone. We're talking about in the in in winter then, in, in January, February? Yeah, it depends because uh, every year we have different uh, day where we can start to stem and crush the Amarone grapes because, of course, Consorzio, uh, together with another company, Sicuria, they check uh, each fruttai of each winery and um, they do like uh, analysis, chemical analysis. And when they say, okay, from um, tomorrow, you can start uh, to descend and crush the Marone grapes. So then uh, it depends on uh, the choice of the winery because we can start the same day or we can wait a little bit more. Depends on our grapes, on our idea to make wine, Amarone. And, um, but usually it takes 100 and 120 or 120 days. Okay. Uh, after, after this period, we start with the winter time. So I remember last year we started uh, in uh, close to Christmas time. So, <laughs> uh, in December. So depends December, January, February. Okay. Okay. And so the, the fermentation continues for Amarone uh, to the yeasts are eating all this sh these sugar-rich dried grapes to arrive at a, at a powerful dry wine, Amarone. Wine to Wine Business Forum. Everything you need to get ahead in the world of wine. Supersize your business network. Share business ideas with the biggest voices in the industry. Join us in Verona on November 13 to 14, 2023. Tickets available now at pointwine.net. There's also a, a lesser amount of ricciotto that you make. Is that correct? Ricciotto is, uh, is the first wine of uh, Policella. Uh, they say that Amarone was born by mistake uh, from ricciotto because to make ricciotto the sweet one, uh, we we do the same process till the, the fermentation because then in fermentation we check strictly the the fermentation of the ricciotto and when we are more or less in the middle so when we have the sugar that we need and the alcohol that we need we stop the fermentation we to obtain a sweet wine instead in the past uh, probably they didn't uh, check uh, well the, the tanks during the fermentation and when they tried the wine, they say, okay, we don't have uh, more sweet wine. It's a kind of bitter wine. And then uh, Amarone was born by mistake. So that's why. And the risotto, it's a fantastic wine, important wine also. So it's not easy to sell because, uh, I mean, it's more uh, typical here in Verona, in Veneto, 
But in my opinion, it's a really nice wine and important wine to also. Okay, two great wines from the Valpolicella made from from the uh, Pasito grapes, Amarone, the dry, and Reciotto, a, a gently sweet wine. Now, from uh, after the production of Amarone and Reciotto, you're able to make another wine, uh, the Ripasso. Can you explain what Ripasso is? So ripasso, it's uh, it's uh, always hard to explain, but ripasso it means uh, double fermentation because to make ripasso we need the vaculicella wine and uh, the amarone skin. So mm, we have to wait uh, uh, till the amarone fermentation is over. So when the amarone fermentation is over, we take out, of course, the amarone wine from the tanks. We leave the Amarone skin into the tanks. In that moment, we put over the Amarone skin, the Vaporicella Classico wine that uh, we have chosen to use in way to make a Ripasso wine. In this way, we can start a kind of second fermentation. So it's not so important fermentation. It's a tight fermentation because we still have some sugar residual inside. We still have the yeast. They keep working for the fermentation. And then we have CO2 and warm temperature. So usually... Uh, we, this second fermentation for us takes uh, 15 days. And after that, uh, we finally, we, we get the ripasso wine. We take out the ripasso wine and uh, we press the marona skin. And in this moment, we can say, okay, the harvest is done, is over. Because the ripasso usually is the last wine that we make. It is a long process, starting from that double harvest, the harvest, the selection, first of all, of the grapes to go into the apacimento, the drying, followed by the main harvest, the production of your Valpolicella and Valpolicella Classico wines, and then the after the drying, the Amarone, Ricciotto, and then finally the Ripasso. So it is a lengthy process compared to in many other wine areas, but on the other hand, you arrive at this wonderful range of wines that range from the light, easy to drink of Valpolicellas to the very important wines. So it's a tremendous range of wines that you're able to produce from the same grape varieties. I, I agree with you because I think we are a, an amazing uh, wine region because from the same land, we change uh, the process and uh, we can get different wine with the same grapes, the same blend. Yeah. Yeah. From the basic wine to important full body wine. So, yeah, if you compare with other wine region, I think we are the one that we have this uh, opportunity to make a different wine from the same land. Yeah, it's a very unique possibilities that wine growers, through um, techniques and ingenuity and learning from the past, have been able to arrive at. Now, Davide, with this range of wines from Valpolicella, I'd like to talk about the foods of the area and the typical dishes and how your wines pair with what you in your home or in local restaurants would typically be eating. Some of, some of the dishes that if our listeners are traveling to the area, they would be able to sample. So, of course, I can say risotto with Amarone wine. Then uh, we, we have, uh, so this is very typical from our place, is lesso. La pera. So lesso is uh, boiled meat okay. and the pera is uh, grated, hot bread, 
that we have to cook it for a long time with uh, vegetable broth or meat broth with a lot of black pepper. Oh, that's a lovely dish. I, I enjoy that very much when I'm in Verona in the winter, the the, uh, the boiled meats with the pera. It's really typical of your area. I don't think you find that anywhere else in Italy. No, no, no. It's only... And what wine would you have with the pera, Davide? Oh, it's, uh, it's very difficult to pair because with black pepper... It's not easy, but in my opinion, if you pair like uh, Vaipolicella Superiore or Ripasso, it's not so strong wine because uh, they don't have too much tannins. Instead, if you pair Amarone, in my opinion, will be maybe too much for the tannins. And then uh, every time I say to my customer, everybody, we have different tastes. So you have only to try <laughs> the best uh, pairing that uh, for you. But in my opinion, superior or ripasso. Okay. Now, Amarone, Amarone, some people say is a vino da meditazione, a really complex wine, maybe just a sip. But what about enjoying Amarone with food? Do you drink Amarone with, with certain foods? Yeah, I do. I like it to, to drink Amarone with food. Of course, Amarone, I can say that uh, it's better to pair with, uh, I don't know, grilled meat, aged cheese, roast. So this kind of uh, dishes. Okay. Or also like a meditation wine that you can enjoy after dinner. But I like to drink uh, with food, to pair with food. Okay. And the ricciotto? Ricciotto, <laughs> ricciotto is a dessert wine. So ricciotto, I can say that you can pair more with... Um, dark chocolate, almond biscuits, uh, pastries without jam or cream because they don't match uh, well jam or cream with the ricciotto. But I can say dark chocolate, uh, almond biscuits, and in my opinion, also with um, seasoned cheese. Okay. This also, um, just discussing this with you, and we've, had, we've mentioned a few of the classic dishes, but it also shows how this range of wines you're able to produce in the Valpolicella Classica allows wines from the same grape, Corvina, Corvignone principally, to be paired all across a meal from antipasti up into lighter foods to important foods and to desserts as well. So it's an extraordinary range of foods that the wines of Valpolicella can pair. Davide, the area is beautiful. I love the Valpolicella. It's it's a really wonderful, beautiful area. And I urge our listeners to visit the area if they're in Verona to strike out into the wine hills. Now, if people are visiting, our listeners are visiting, can they visit the Manara Winery? Yeah, it's possible to visit us. So we have uh, our wine shop where you can taste and buy our wines. But also we have a tasting room where we can show the the winery and then uh, we can do a nice taste of our wines. So it's possible to, to visit us. Okay, good. Well, I would urge our listeners to explore the region and to visit the Monaro Winery. Uh, one next in. I would love to visit myself. I haven't visited you, so I hope on my next visit I can come find you. You're more than welcome if you'd like to, to come and visit us. Good. I'll try to do that. Well, Davide, thank you so much for taking some time out. I know it's the busiest moment of the year for you. Uh, I'm very glad to hear that the, the grapes that you've brought in are healthy and the wine is good. And uh, I know it's been a challenging year with all of the problems of weather and and the mildews that you mentioned, uh, but I hope that the rest of the harvest goes well. The apacimento, again, you need good weather in a 
Passimento, so it's almost like a second period of worry for wine growers. I hope that goes very well for you. It's been a real pleasure talking to you, and uh, thank you very much for being my guest. Oh, you're welcome. The pleasure was for me. I hope to see you in my winery and all the people they, uh, that they are listening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Grazie e arrivederci. Prego, arrivederci. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Please remember to like, share and subscribe right here or wherever you get your pods. Likewise, you can visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Until next time, chin chin.